Welcome to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the spirit room. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room podcast. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Sarank. And we're so pleased and so excited to have you guys back here again um, to experience this episode, this show with us. And really what we wanted to do today was just ask each other a few questions um, and, and see sort of like what comes up, what, what you know, what um, experiences and what uh, we can share with you guys. So Danielle, you want to start or do you want me to ask you the first question? Um, I can ask you the first question if you like. Sure. And this is one that actually came uh, via my Instagram under Squamish Medium. Um, and one of the questions was like, what do, what do you know? Because I don't know the answer, but I trust because you do past life um, readings and I know that you do a wonderful job with them. So what do you know and what do you think of past lives and reincarnation? Okay. Well, this is a huge question, huge topic. So I'll try to keep it as, um, you know, brief as possible, but still giving you, you know, my experience. Um, I think that past lifetimes for the beginning of my work and, and sort of delving into spirit and the world of spirit, I don't know that I really knew what I thought about, like, do we have past lives? I, I don't think that I was necessarily totally aware um, of that in the beginning. Um, but I started to kind of be interested in it. I read that book um, by Dr. Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters. And that really kind of opened my eyes. I, I found it extremely interesting and intriguing. Um, and so that kind of piqued my curiosity. Um, and I had, you know, gone to past life regression and done a few things like that for myself, you know, just out of curiosity and um, through my own healing uh, journey. And I found it pretty phenomenal some of the things that came through some of the things that came up and felt extremely real and very vivid you know um but I still wasn't someone that I thought okay I'm gonna tell people or refer to people in their past lives because part of me thinks and and thought at the time that there's no way for me to ever prove really to somebody that they've had this past life unless you know there's there's maybe in some ways there's information that you could look up and maybe you could find uh if you have the name or the the year or something like that you might be able to piece some of that together but in many cases there is no evidence there's no there's no way that i can prove it it's not evidential mediumship it's very much like of the soul and I started to just get imagery and, and almost like these movies in my mind when I'd be doing readings for people, um, mediumship or psychic reading, and this would come up, these little snippets, like little movies. And I started to realize that the reason they were coming through is because it was a past life experience for that client. It's something that their soul had experienced. And even though the logical mind may have no memory of it, uh, their soul does. And 
what I, the way that I approach it now is that if I'm going to refer to someone's past life experience, I'm always going to be looking for how it relates to their life in this lifetime, how it can help them to know about that experience. Maybe sometimes it helps to explain why we have certain issues, fears, challenges that we can't seem to kick, like they're the, the most difficult things sometimes. And I think that if you approach it in that way to empower someone, then there's such a beautiful healing that can come from it. But I think, you know, oftentimes people think about past lives and they seem to be very dramatic and there's all this um, trauma and all this stuff that comes up. And I think the only way that I would see that as being helpful for someone to know is if there's something that we can empower them with in this life to change that or to move forward and progress in some way. So um, it's interesting when I, I won't do a past life reading for a new client or someone who hasn't seen me before. And usually that's because I want to be able to have a trust established with them. So if they come for a psychic reading or a mediumship reading or even like a soul reading, I want to be able to offer them details and information that they can know is correct and is things that are verifiable and they can say, yes, okay, I, I trust that she knows what is going on, you know? Yeah. Um, you know and, what um, I remember, and I'm hoping you might remember this too, but remember, because you were mentored by Tony Stockwell, mm -hmm. I remember at the time that he told you you were somebody in the past and you were actually able to Google that person and find them? Yes. That's <laughs> now that, intense. That blew me away because um, it was a lady that was a working medium in the Eastern uh, United States, East Coast in the 1800s. And he gave me the name, but it was the first name. Um, didn't give me the last name, gave me the first name, but gave me other details that I could sort of, I could sort of, I mean, I took it upon myself to check just because I was like, this is interesting. Like, I wonder if I could find her, you know, because it seemed like she was pretty, I wouldn't say well known, but like pretty, um, you know, in that time, in that place, like pretty um, sort of active, you know, as a medium. And uh, I was able to just look up the name and I put, I think I put like the first name and East Coast and medium or something. And I was able to pull up details about her life and her experiences. And when I looked at that picture of her, I got chills and I was mm. like, yep, that was me. And the cool thing about that was that in the, in her life, in that life, my, I guess my, it's my previous life. Um, she was pretty feisty she was like no nonsense she like was working for the spirit world and she was putting herself out there in a time when this kind of stuff was not necessarily well received you know it would have been very risky I think as a, a woman in that time to you know be putting yourself out there so um it helped me to know that that part of myself I just needed to come back to her and, you know, in times when I do doubt or times when I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this, I do think about her. And I go, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is within me. This is a lost part of myself that I just need to access that energy again. Yeah. And when I do, it's powerful. So, yeah, I mean, there's been – I mean, that was really, really interesting, really cool. Um, and there's been other times when I've told people – for instance, I had um, a client – a while ago who was very very afraid of death and she's like maybe 30 at the time or something like that and or nearing 30 and she like 
it was debilitating. Like she was every single day afraid that she was going to die and leave her kids behind and all this stuff. And she was worried that she was feeling that way because she was predicting it, you know, or that it was coming and, you know, what can she do? And when I looked into it, I really felt that it wasn't that she was predicting something for this life. She was on a soul level remembering all these lifetimes where she had passed around that age, like around the age of 30. And so her, her soul was kind of having this experience and reliving the trauma when the, the, you know, the, the reality is that's not something that was for this life. So once she was able to recognize, okay, there's a reason, and it's not because it's actually going to happen, um, she was able to let go of it. And as far as I know, since last time I talked to her, she's like back to living a normal life. That is awesome. So I could see how that could be really healing for someone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. We've, we've done things in, in class too before where, um, cause I believe this, like most of the time, most classes and groups that come together that we're, we are traveling in this sort of soul group and that when people come together, especially to learn about spirit and to learn about energy and, um, we're kind of placed there. It's very much orchestrated by the spirit world. It's no coincidence that, you know, these people show up in this group together. And so I've done exercises where we've tuned into how we're connected to each other in, um, in our past lives. And it's been phenomenal. Some of the results, like two ladies that I did it where everyone had their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you kind of go where you're drawn and you don't even know like really who you're connecting with and basically chat about, you know, the, the experiences and what they felt. And two of the ladies that were in a class that I was teaching, it was like, I think we're together like four years. Um, I think we'd been together for about three years at the time. And they found out that even in this life, they have, Um, ancestors that come from the same town or even like a village it's like a small 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 place in England and they've been in together in this class for three years without knowing they had this in common but it turns out they felt this past life connection to that place and then when they were talking about you know this lifetime they we realized that they had that in common so it's really cool it's fascinating I don't claim to be an expert or know all the answers and I certainly don't regress people but I literally look at them and can see previous incarnations that would affect them in this life. And so it's just about like another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay, cool. So what's your question? Okay. So let me see. Cause now I've lost, I've lost the chat, lost the notes. Um, just seeing if I can find it. Okay. For, I can't find it, but I, I think I remember. Um, I wanted to ask you about the most magical experience of your whole life. Of my whole life. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I would love to say, oh, the birth of my children, but <laughs> that is not it. Um, so there's kind of two because they're around the same time. I will try to describe them both very okay. quickly, but okay. um, they both kind of like brought me to my knees in humility. Um, the first one was the first time I connected with the spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Confusing. And I didn't know that that's what was going on, but I was on my way to a spiritual development class and the teacher emailed to say it was canceled. And I was like, well, I just traveled three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I traveled three hours to go to this class. She's like, okay, well come, come anyways. 
And only one other person showed up. And this is somebody who had been telling me for a while that I was a medium and I just never believed them. So she had us <laughs> down together and I just started seeing like a shadow outline in my mind's eye and I just knew it was a male. And then I got a name in my head. I was like, can I say a name? And she's like, yeah, of course, if you want to. And I said the name Dustin. And then the lady started crying and it was her son whose name was Justin. And that for me was one of the most pivotal moments of my life because when I actually realized what spirit looks like in my mind's eye, how they feel and how they communicate with me, it was so incredibly subtle that again, like you mentioned in the first episode, people are expecting spirit to come through in a different way, like a little bit more of like a booming voice or like a strike. And the subtlety of it made me feel like my whole life made sense up to that point because I always felt like I had spiritual experiences, but they weren't what was being portrayed on TV and they weren't what was being portrayed, you know, with the mediums that were on TV. And from what I'd been hearing from other mediums, like, oh, I see spirit as clear as you and me and XXX. I'm like, oh, I don't. So then I just kind of felt like I wasn't a medium. So that was one of them. And then a few months later, I started a dedicated meditation practice after that. And one day I was in my bed and just like I heard the name Justin, I heard, take your necklace off. And so I have this beautiful blue tourmaline stone, which is a really rare stone on just like this plain silver chain. And I held it up in front of me and this, this thing just started spinning around and around and it was spinning so fast that it was actually up on its side. Yeah. And I, to this point, had never heard of a pendulum. I had never heard of anything like this. And it actually, I felt the presence of spirit so closely. And I felt like I was instructed by spirit through my mind to hold that up. And it seemed so minor, but it was such a connection with spirit. It was like one of the most certain times was like, okay, I hear you. Yeah. I I hear you. And from there on, like my whole life changed. So those two times where I felt like, okay, I understand how spirit communicates now. Um, and I understand how I hear you. Those were like really magical times for me. That is, I mean, it's so, um, exciting and kind of like, Oh, like such a revelation when you actually experience it so uh, vividly, you know, and especially with the movement of the, um, the necklace, you know what I mean? Like that's something that you weren't willing it to happen. You weren't trying to make it happen. It was like a real sort of connection where it just happened. So it's miraculous. Yeah. Um, and I think that's amazing, but would you agree that like spirit gives you those kinds of experiences in the beginning, almost to like hook you in and <laughs> like then- a carrot? <laughs> Yes, they call it like the dangling of a carrot. You're like, yes, so exciting. I want more. And then you get to work and you're like, oh God. Sometimes it's like for something like that to happen now, I think it would take a lot because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily need that now. Yeah. Like we are firmly, we know, we believe. There's no, like they don't have to prove it to us anymore. Yeah. I um, truly, so truly, truly believe that. I feel like yeah. they have to work less hard and we have to work less hard. But yeah. I always tell people at the very beginning, I'm like, enjoy these first few years because they are yeah. truly like magic. Like yeah. you, because, you know, I heard Tony Stockwell say at a retreat once, he's like, you know, spirit becomes like an old lover. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's uh-huh. so true. It's You're so like true. deep in the married years now. <laughs> totally, totally. We have to like, sometimes work to bring the romance back. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, no, it's only like four times a year. No. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's so awesome. My question for you. So I feel like other professional intuitives would be interested in this question more than anything, okay. but All what's right. your anatomy of a reading? Like, how do you prepare? How do you unwind? Do you get nervous? Do you feel like throwing up like me? Okay. Well, I would say the preparation is to sit and just be quiet and be silent And I always pray. I say the Our Father, and I say the Hail Mary before every single reading. Um, And that's just my comfort. That just like centers me, brings me into my energy and my power. Um, I usually ask for guidance and ask that, you know, whatever is going to be helpful, whatever is going to be empowering for my sitter, that they receive that. Um, And I just also talk to spirit. I just say, okay, spirit. this is what I've been struggling with recently in my readings, or this is what I really want to focus on. I want to try and get this kind of information today, or I really want to focus. If this is possible, if you guys can help me out, can you help me to figure out a way to bring this kind of vibe to the reading? You know, so I I really specifically ask them to help me kind of produce the kind of results that I want, you know, as much as possible. Like I know it's not always possible and we're not in control of it, but I do have really candid, frank conversations with them about like what my intention is, like how I want to work. Um, and I find like 90% of the time, 95% of the time we can do it together. You know, if we set that intention. Um, so then, then what do I do? Sometimes I listen to like a nice piece of music. It doesn't have to be spiritual in nature, but just something that kind of I don't know, like lifts my vibration a bit. I put on my lip gloss. I really feel like I like to do readings with lip gloss on. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Um, I kind of, I kind of get going. Um, and then do the reading. I always, I always try to like in the, the first minute or two, I, well, I'll explain the process, explain what they can expect, how they can help me, you know, to, to give them the best. And then I will, in the first couple of minutes, give them some information about themselves. Usually I used to just like feel their energy and tell them some things that they can say, oh yeah, yeah, she's, she's with me. She knows my energy and then go forward from there. Um, after reading, I like to just take a deep breath, maybe drink a bit of water, have a sense of like, okay, letting go of what I've just experienced. I'm not the best at remembering to do that. I'm sometimes finishing a reading and then running off to go like pick up my kids from school or finishing a reading and then going and like, you know, letting my dog out and then doing something else and then coming back, you know, so it's, I'm not always like very methodical with the letting go, but I do sort of try to make a mental note of like, okay, just let that, you know, that energy is like closed now, you know, we're done. I do flip a switch in my mind. Like I see a light switch in my mind and I literally just turn it off. You know, that's, that's one thing I do too. I find that it's helpful. It just mental kind of um, visualization, but helps to close the connection and to unwind. uh, Honestly, my unwinding is like um, reality TV Mm-hmm. Um, that's helpful to me. Um, I find spending time with my my partner, spending time 
um, just chatting. I find that I like to have like um, connection on a soul level for myself after I've, I've worked with other people and given them that connection. I like to have that for myself. So I find that after I'm done work, the thing that I crave is just to be around my partner and have those kind of um, conversations and closeness. You know, that's really healing for me. Um, and I would say recently I'm getting more into taking care of my physical health, which I think is super important. And it's something that I've certainly struggled with. And that's a whole other episode that we can talk about as far oh, as yeah. and health. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I started doing um, weight training and some stuff like that. And I find that has been an amazing way to unwind. So that's, that's what I do. Amazing. I love that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for you, the next one would be where in the world do you feel super drawn to? Maybe you've never been there before in this life, but do you feel that there's, there's a, they're calling to go there and do you feel like that's a past life connection? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this because um, I first read about this concept in like a Sylvia Brown book in like the 90s. And I never experienced that, but I will tell you, I have since then. Um, I was, I got, I eloped with a stranger when I was 18. I don't even know if you know that, but. Um, yeah, you tell me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and he was uh, from England and we used to go to England every year. And I mm-hmm. was like, let's go to Scotland. I've always wanted to go to Scotland. And he had never been to Scotland. I'm like, he said it was too far. I'm like, you can imagine. Imagine. it's like two hours right <laughs> yeah it's not a big us, deal us in british columbia like columbia you can't even get across the lower mainland in two hours exactly so i'm um, i used to go to scotland every single year for five years and every time i stepped into the city of edinburgh which is where i love to stay yeah i felt like i was home it was the first time in my entire life and though i was really young back then yeah um, that I felt like I was truly at home. And every time I went there, I would just be covered in shivers. I would feel like crying. I felt so connected. I've always loved dreary weather. I know I'm like super weird. No, like, I'm like that too. I'm like, I I'm love okay. rainy days. I love yeah. overcast. Like this summer was yeah. just overcast. It never gets above 25 degrees. I'm like, this is my place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have always been very intrigued, even all throughout high school around British and Scottish history. Yeah. So I feel like Scotland is like where my heart is. It is absolutely where my heart is. I've been a lot of places in this world. Um, I have never been to a place as lovely as Scotland in my entire life. Like even Hawaii, um, you know, some really beautiful places I've been. But yeah, no, that was Scotland for me in a heartbeat. And my grandfather is from Glasgow. So I do just through my own soul family, like I definitely have connection to Scotland, but I'm also First Nations. So a lot of people would expect me to be more connected to my Indigenous heritage. Yeah. Um, I'm actually way more into my Scottish English history. Um, and I think that was just because of setting my feet on those soils. Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal, that feeling when you just feel so connected. And I totally know, I totally know I felt that way in England when I went and I felt that way in Ireland when I went it was intense it's like it's hard to describe to someone who hasn't experienced it but I could I could feel what you're saying as you're saying it um have you watched um Outlander or read the books uh yeah Jamie (laughs) (laughs) they were doing a call for indigenous women and I was like I'm like yeah sign me up Jamie Like, is this like an affair scene? <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Okay. I'm glad that you're, you're into it. 
Awesome. Um, so my last me. question for you, and then I yeah. think you'll have one more for me, which I don't yeah. know if you remember, but I can read it out if you don't. Yeah, um, you will have to tell me. <laughs> okay. So actually, maybe we'll just like end on this question and we'll both okay. answer it. Um, okay. Okay. So the question that you posed to me, and I want to pose to you as well. Yeah. Um, do you think sometimes psychic and mediums embellish their origin stories to make them more dramatic? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember do. writing this question? <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. I do. I, I think <laughs> that people do. And I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like rare, but I don't have some kind of dramatic story where like the angel came and sat on the end of my bed and said, Melissa, you're going to be a medium. You're like a chosen magical wizard. Like it never happened that way. And I didn't have a childhood where I was seeing solid spirit people walking around and I thought they were real, but they were spirit, like, or, you know, like human, but they were spirit. Like I didn't have any of that. And I'm not saying, I'm sure some people have, but I almost feel people must, some people must feel almost pressured to have a story like that because mm. it seems to me that's what everybody does. So I can, sometimes I feel it when people are talking about their, how they started. I almost feel like, mm, yeah, maybe, but I almost feel like they exaggerate to make it more dramatic. And I don't know. That's just what I, that's what I feel. What, what do you think? Well, and I don't know many other mediums, so I only can compare yeah. it to um, the spirit circles I've sat in and yeah. the two workshops I've been to, which was Mavis Patilla and Tony Stockwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get all sorts, right? Um, mm-hmm. You get a big mixed bag of people. I'm very gullible, so I tend to like believe people when I hear them. But then the more I understand how spirit communicates with me, I start questioning some of the stuff. Like, you know, I have seen spirit with my naked eye like three times in my yeah. whole life. And most of them were when I was an adult. Um, I was in a paranormal investigation group for many years, never seen anything. Um, but then I started actually seeing the pressure, um, in this field around appearing to be holier than thou, more connected than. And so there's a lot of compare itis that happens with the work that we're in. And I feel like, um, yeah, I do feel like sometimes people kind of like embellish their experiences or embellish their origin story to kind of like be at that level. I mean, mediumship is very popular now with it being on TV, it being completely like, you know, modern and streamlined. Um, so I think that there's a lot of pressure on people to seem super ultra connected. And like even one of my origin stories, which is very true, but sometimes I even like get stuck questioning myself because I doubt so much other people sometimes because I don't want people to think that this is super magical, but I knew at seven years old, I had a spirit guide, but yeah. my experience was not that I saw a spirit guide or I heard him, yeah. but like I met a little boy at a local swimming pool and I said, Oh, what's your name? And I was seven years old. And he's like, Oh, my name's Skylar. And I just had this, like, oh, I have a spirit guy named Skylar. Like, yeah. He didn't appear to me. I didn't hear yeah. him. It was just like this moment of knowing when I was seven. Yeah. And from yeah. there on, I didn't think about my spirit guide again until I was like 19. Yeah. Right? So it's not like I had some like, like, you know, blessed or connected childhood. Um, yeah. It was just one of those moments. Right. Um, I get it. And I think too, I mean, it's true. Everyone does have a different experience. So just because I didn't 
have that doesn't mean that other people can't have. I'm sure that, that it does exist, but I, I don't know. The more I, the more I think about it and the more I kind of am out there, I'm like, mm, I don't know. I think like, it's not, I'm not trying to insult like other people in their stories, but I just question sometimes the, the actual events that may have occurred, you know? Um, but you know, either way, I think it's going to be, it is going to be unique to, and to each his own, you know, but I just think it's good to point it out so that other people who maybe just had like an experience like that wasn't so dramatic that they can know for themselves, okay, you can still be a medium and not have had these dramatic events, you know, certainly I think trauma sometimes is a way that our abilities and our connection to spirit starts to unfold because you kind of you know, you kind of need to have that experience. So maybe it's just, you know, some people have, for me, I would say more it was trauma, you know, that, that opened, opened me up to it. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. But I think too, the reason why I doubted I was actually a medium in the beginning is because I didn't have the drama experience of like spirit coming and, you know, telling me, you know, that I'm, that I'm a medium. So it's just I mean, mostly to help people to, to know that it can be that way too. I think so. And I had a similar experience in Mavis's workshop. Um, I don't know if you were there. Were you there at the Mavis? Yeah, you were. Yeah. I think you were at the Mavis workshop. So yeah. I remember sitting in the front row and putting my hand up and saying like, maybe I'm not called to this path because yeah. like, I don't sound anything like any of the people here, like she was running through this list of have you X, have you X, have you X. And one of them was, um, you know, a lot of people have experiences as children and then forget until they're older in life. And I remember like 10 people shaking their head, like, no, I have been connected 24 seven seeing spirit with my naked eye 24 seven since the day I was born. And I remember thinking, I actually put my hand up saying, I don't think I'm a medium. Like, I don't think I'm called this path. Like I didn't have any of these experiences. And, um, yeah, I remember, you know, so I feel like it's so healthy and it's so refreshing for people to have like real kind of like boring stories. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, well, you know, I didn't actually know. (laughs) And it gives people hope. I find that lots of the people that come to me as students, they are like in their fifties, maybe sixties and they, dismissed what they've known and felt their whole lives and they come and they might be maybe drawn to me because I can see I can say to them you can come to this at any point in your life you know it's not something that has to have been 24 7 like you're saying open to you since childhood to be real exactly yeah so I totally think it's yeah it's good to recognize that we don't all have the same origin story (laughs) Yeah. And to not compare yourself to other people. It takes a long time for you to kind of like stand in your own in this work a long time and you will be triggered here or there along your path. And every time it's going to be an opportunity for you to look at how powerful you actually are and how much you actually have to offer this world. So we can never compare ourselves to other mediums, to other intuitives, to other professional intuitives and kind of get out of that. You know, I call it the social media kind of like rat race. (laughs) <laughs> yes. comparison so it, yeah it's a real it's a real thing you know it's, it's you're inundated with it all the time so it's good to yeah just to keep keep on stay in your lane you know realize like mm-hmm. your your experiences are yours and for a very specific person or specific reason you know for your path your development your soul's journey looks nothing like the person next to yours next Absolutely. to you right so yeah I think it's good to look at that 
All right. So I love it. So this was our podcast episode today. Question and answer. I hope it helped some people out there and I hope some people saw a little bit of their own story within um, our Q and A's. And if you have questions for us, or if you have, um, you know, topics that you want us to discuss in the spirit room, you can contact Melissa White. If you go on Facebook and look up Melissa White, psychic medium or psychic medium, Melissa White, you're so lucky you have an easy name, girl. Um, <laughs> Sarank is like, I'm literally the only Danielle Sarank on Facebook. So I think I might be the only one in the world, but I go on, I'm more on Instagram as Squamish Medium. I'm not on Facebook very mm-hmm. much. So it's so funny that we cover both platforms. So you well, can- yeah, what I'm thinking is it might be cool for us down the road to look at maybe having a page that's both of us, like for the podcast I love um, it. or even a group, you know, that we could create for listeners of the podcast. That I might be cool. Girl, but a Patreon. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of get, build a community of, um, not just like people that follow my, my journey, people that follow yours, but maybe a community of people that follow us, you know, both of mm-hmm. us and that we can interact with and, um, yeah, connect with people that way too. I love it. I think that's a wonderful idea. All right. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time in the spirit room.